Assalamu alaikum, peace be with you. You're listening to Cup of Parenting podcast and I'm your host Aisha, a pediatric speech and language therapist, mom of seven and parenting coach here in the UK. She came home and she was crying, my, my daughter Huda, saying that I'm struggling in maths, right? She was only, she was about 10. And I thought, subhanAllah, what's like happened that she's got, she's got that fear. I went on, well, I went in to speak to the teacher, it was parents evening. And he said, no, no, she's actually, she can hold her own. She's quite confident. And um, he said, don't think that she's any less than her other children in her class than her peers. And then I said, he said, oh, we do what's called pre-teaching, right? So we take them out of the class, we teach them some concepts before so that when they have their lesson, they'll understand it and they're doing fine. And I said to him, I'm thinking about homeschooling her. I homeschool her sister. And honestly, he just looked at me and he said, do you want my opinion as to whether you should be doing it? And I said, well, kind of. And he said, do it. He said, if you've got the ability, do it. And I was really taken aback because it's an outstanding school. Obviously, he's a class teacher. And that wasn't the response I got from, like, say, my younger daughter's teacher. He said, if you've got the ability and you can give her that one-to-one in the home environment, just do it. So do you know what I did? I didn't even teach her maths. I took her out. And I thought, actually, what does she enjoy? What does she like? What's she good at? She loves baking. So I let her start baking. And that started off in little steps. So she used to obviously just make things like cupcakes, supervised. Then she started getting into it and started saying, oh, I need these ingredients. I said, okay, well... Asda's only across the road. Do you want to go and get them? So that was like a really big thing. Her and her sister went off to Asda with their money, had to learn real life skills, money handling and all of that. So then they got so confident. So every week (laughs) they started looking for reasons to go to Asda. I mean, it's only across the road, but for (laughs) them, you can imagine. Yeah. We know lots of the neighbours. They'd wave them on their way. They go in. They know the security guard as well because he knows us. He's quite nice. So it's having that confidence at that age to be able to just go and do your little shopping, come back and do your baking and cooking. And she's, she makes really nice stuff now. But the point is, her confidence grew so much that when I started introducing maths back into her life and other things, it wasn't a big deal anymore. Do you see what I mean? That yeah. confidence had transformed across to her other skills. And I was really shocked. And now it's like, when I explain a concept, she'll quite happily explain it to a younger sister and say, you're not doing that, you're supposed to do it like that, blah, blah, blah. And that's like a different girl to the one that I pulled out. Because yeah. 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 this is like, I completely get what you're coming from and I completely mm. agree. And like, like you've, um, how much did you study like when you were studying? Like, did you do the whole shebang? Yeah, subhanAllah. I've got, a few degrees if I'm honest with you the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> same like you know like went to school did the yeah. school and madrasa side by side um high school and then I did alima as well so it's like you know it, again your school and madrasa side by side up until yeah. like uni time and then I went to uni did the masters etc and then straight into work and so like I I felt like I feel like now, now that I'm kind of like more open and aware of like, you know, homeschooling, I'm aware of like all of these other things outside, mm. like that are the opportunities that you don't learn. Yeah. And just like life skills, like I had no idea, like, you know, saving money, that kind of thing. Once you get married and you get a house and all of that stuff and you got to yeah. start managing your own life and, you know, your everything, Absolutely. right? And yeah. you don't kind of learn anything like that. And obviously we're trying to teach Hafsa from now, right? The, the mm-hmm. five-year-old. 
but um I feel like the one thing is that I know that I would love to homeschool her but I know that she also really enjoys school like she loves it yeah um so and I can get that some children do and you know I think the biggest question you get asked as a homeschooling parent is well what about the social side of things most people will ask you that and there's like a whole world that even I honestly didn't know existed till I started homeschooling. So you have your meetups, you have certain venues have events on almost all the theme parks do as well, where they'll give you a yeah. discounted rate and on a special day, they'll let you in. So it's not even that busy. Um, yeah, I know. Like I know um, one of the other girls I spoke to who homeschooled and she was saying that your local community will have, like yeah. if you go on Facebook and stuff, there's loads of groups that are oh, yeah. in yeah, your yeah. areas and they have so many like meetups and even swimming and activities like they have all of these things on for the kids so you can do like whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and that's actually quite cool because you, you don't know these things at all. Of course you don't. You know the first, <laughs> you know when I first seriously thought about homeschooling, um, the younger one, she's the one I started with. It took me the whole day to have the courage to pick up the phone and phone the school and tell them because obviously you don't know what to say and what, like how do you word it and things like that. And I don't know why I was just, it's not because I didn't, I wasn't confident that I wanted to do it. A hundred percent did. I just thought, oh, well, it was like a bit of shame, like, oh, you know, what are they going to say? What if they challenge me? Because, you're, you're, you know, when you hand your children over to the school, it's like it's they're under their care and their authority. And yeah. it's like this, getting to the point where they're in charge of everything. So you almost feel like, oh, I don't know if I can do that without their permission. Well, obviously you can't, they're your children. But, you know, do you know what I mean? So I had to, yeah. I think the first time, honestly, I phoned and I quickly put the phone down before they picked it up because I thought, what am I going to say? It sounds ridiculous. But then I phoned again and then she said, oh, don't worry, we'll just tell the education officer. And that was it. Honestly, it was like a one minute conversation. And I thought, oh, I know some of my friends, the head teachers have called them in and said, oh, where's this come from? Is it something we've done? That kind of concern. But even to do that, and then, like you said, on Facebook, there's that, there's one particular group, it's got thousands of people. And over COVID, it just grew and grew, to be honest, because they always say there's a lot of children who are not on the homeschool register so they've never been in contact with the local authority so actually the numbers probably inflated more than what they think it is yeah I do uh, just going back to the bit where you said um um like they have a lot of the control like mm. not control but like it's like the end of their care I feel yeah. like that um carries on at home as well so like um like I tell Hafsa that bring your book back every day and we can read it at bedtime um you know your reading book and stuff Mm. and we try and make a regular habit of you know reading books at bedtime anyway um but there are times where the teachers are like oh you don't need to take your book back home today it's absolutely fine so when Hafsa comes out and I'm like where's your book bag and she goes Mm. no I don't need it today and I was like yeah but we can carry on reading it's okay yeah. like you know it's just we can do more reading because we enjoy reading mm. right uh, but she's like oh okay can you tell my teacher then you know <laughs> and, <laughs> this is uh, it like they've got more authority it's like my teacher said or my teacher didn't say yeah and it's just I don't know like I, and there's so many extra things that obviously the makers do now so there's mm. an expectation like at home like we expect you to do read with them this t- this many times a week so read with yeah. them at least three times a week write it in their reading diary etc do their homework um and that needs to be given in on a certain day um and now they've given us this maths 
thing, right? It's like a maths app and it's um, times tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they, they actually like even say like we have a school app. So they notify us like of it, stuff that's going on in school and things like that. So they've told us that um, oh, uh, we expect the children to be playing, uh, doing this like maths app at home mm-hmm. whenever they can. And we'll be logging their hours of when they log in. Oh, and stuff. yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, oh, my God, like, you know, like, I feel so sorry for them because, like, they wake up at, like, what, 7 o'clock or something, have breakfast, go straight to school, all day school, come back at, like, 3, quarter past 3, eat, get changed, get ready for madrasa, go madrasa for, like, two and a half hours or something, come back, have a little something to just little nibble to eat and go straight to bed. Like, I don't yeah. understand where and how they expect us. Like, I feel so sorry for the kids. Like, it just feels so wrong. It does. You think for seven hours, in. seven hours across five days, they're doing, I was talking to this, this mom on the weekend, actually, and I was, and she was saying the exact same, seven hours around five days a week, they're in school, but that's not enough. And you have to supplement it with all this, extra stuff I know there's a whole debate itself around or should they or shouldn't they get homework but when they're that age then when do they live their normal life especially it's com- it's winter in the UK coming up so what what do they do that they have to go to bed then and that's it day in day out yeah I don't I feel like they don't have a chance to just just be be you know children I mean? no just absolutely children. yeah this is my husband's biggest pet peeve that he always used to say to me like you're not letting them be children and first of all, he used to get it he said it all the time since we had our eldest that oh my god sometimes just let them be children when are they going to make the mistakes who else do you expect to make the mistakes let them grow up and now I can completely see where he's coming from because really if you step back they they're not allowed to do all this extra stuff and when they're not doing anything you almost feel like well they should be doing something surely they must have something to yeah. be do you know what I mean yeah so it's just I feel like it's such a dilemma like yeah I think maybe I think when you make that conscious decision you've made the decision yeah definitely and you made that decision and you've done it and where I'm like that pre-decision and I have all of these doubts going on in my head like honestly I think some some parents even think oh I'm not that qualified to teach and it's not even about that there's so much there's so many options out there there's so much support if you don't want to do it on your own if you need a bit of help if you want to do some things online if you want to there's some people who just do absolutely everything independently there's lots of people who do not even follow the typical rules like I was saying I think in one of my earlier podcasts about you know the whole concept of even doing um up to degree level really lots of degrees now you know and I know Halima are irrelevant I know I I don't want to sound controversial saying that they're not even worth the paper that you get at the end of the three years don't even talk about the money that goes into it I'm not saying all degrees are irrelevant obviously you need some for some careers but even that's like drilled into the system when you're quite young that that's what you're ultimately striving to aim for instead of thinking about actually what do I want to become as a person right what do I like to do what do I enjoy doing can I do it in a different way but I think it's also like um, they want they try and because of the entire career ladder and the union and all that stuff, they're mm. trying to make that decision early on when you're what like 
14, 15, yeah. before you go into college and uni to make that decision of, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, yeah. and how do you know what you want to be? Like, <laughs> you're still like growing into a person. You don't even yeah. know who you are. No, no, my daughter's doing that now. The, all the career things started. So it's good. She's going to workshops and things. They're all virtual. It's good. Obviously, it's eye-opening. She can see what's out there. But it's almost like, well, what did you do to do what you're doing? And how much do you earn if you do this and that? And I think, subhanAllah, it's a lot more than that. You know, you've got to think about your whole life. You've got to think about your lifestyle. Um, and what do you, what, what, how do you anticipate yourself in 10 years? Not just about what career do you want in terms of, it's not just black and white, is it, that you need to do. These three A-levels, they're going to lead to this particular degree. These are the few unis that you're looking at. You're right, they don't. I mean, it's not like they don't tell you there's other options. They do. But it's just like it's almost ingrained into kids' heads that this is the only and the best this route. This is the best route, yeah. yeah. And like the other routes aren't really as good. Yeah. You know, like, and so people. it doesn't make you feel, yeah, it makes you feel like you're not like, yeah, you're already a bit of a failure if you go down that route. Yeah. It's kind of like that kind and of the method. people start talking, don't they? What she got, what, what's her education level where she hasn't got a degree? She says yeah. nothing. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, yeah. some people haven't got a degree. You and I have changed routes and we've started doing a bit of business. Well, that wasn't taught to us when we were little. No. And it's quite interesting because I remember like uh, when I was at um, school and stuff and it's like, well, what are you going to go into? And I was like, probably something uh, healthcare, medicine related because, you know, it's a good thing to do. It's good money. And, you know, like I've got family and stuff that's in it as well so it, it kind of just was like this is all I know so <laughs> this is what I'm going to go into and I didn't really think anything else of it it was mm -hmm. just like yeah that's fine but then it's I think it's also the balance like every like it's like in terms of what that career is going to do for you how is it going to live how is that going to work around the life that you want mm. like so for example like obviously now that I'm married I have kids um I remember when my husband first came to see me and he was like, um, oh, you know, what would you do? Like, if you have kids and stuff, are you, are you want to carry on working? Do you want to stay at home? What is, what is it that you'd like to do? And I was like, well, I'd like to obviously carry on working to some respect, but I do understand that the kids are going to need me. So if I need to have time away from work, then I'm more than happy to stay at home and, you know, you know, look after the kids and look after the family um, for as long as I, I, I need to. You know, and so obviously, like when that happened, um, and I had you know my first and stuff, and then I stopped working for a while and what have you, and I started like having all of these like feelings come up, like, oh my god, I'm not working anymore. Like everyone used to ask me, oh, when are you going back to work? Oh What's yeah, that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about yeah. all this? All about all the degrees, the all this masters you've done, and all of that. <laughs> like, you know, we're just throwing it all down the drain, and I'm like, no, like you know, yeah. I kind of like you know, I've. You know, I'm happy to stay home with the kids now. And like I suffered with that for so long, like that feeling of failure, like feeling like, oh my God, you know, I'm I'm just a failure. I've thrown everything down the drain. Um, you know, and like I felt like like my family used to have really high expectations of mm. me as well. So like that made me feel even worse. So for ages, like I just I don't know, man, I just went down a bit of a, 
a weird spiral path but mm. it's obviously like I've done a lot of work and now I'm at a point where alhamdulillah I feel like you know what this is the life that I choose that I want and yeah actually I do want to work and that's why then I've you know what business online right if I want to stay home I want to stay with the kids then what can I do but I had no yeah. idea that I could actually choose anything else absolutely and you don't oh, that's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying it's like you think it's either going to be this or it's going to be that. Whereas actually there is this amazing opportunity now where you can do things online and you can do your own business and you can actually run it how you want around your family, essentially, which is yeah. what you all want to be doing, isn't it? Right, Halima, what is it that you used to do and what are you doing now? Tell us about that. Um, well, um, as I was saying, I've done the whole shebang school, Majessa, um, Alima, up until uni, and then I did pharmacy, so yeah. pharmacy masters, so that was like four years. So like up until like 23, I've just been studying my entire life. <laughs> oh my God, it's crazy, isn't it? If you think of it like that, like Absolutely. by the age of 23, you start school at what, like four years old or something? Yeah, yeah. So basically for 19 oh. years, I've just been in study. Like uh, so many years of study, it's crazy. But alhamdulillah, yeah, I've like, never, I've never quantified it like that. Now that you've said it, Halima, I'm trying to think about myself. That is a long a time, huge part of your life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Subhanallah. Yeah. So alhamdulillah, after that, obviously, I worked for a bit, um, got married, had kids, and then obviously, I shifted into online, thinking, oh well, I want to work from home now. There's no way I'm going back to work because. Number one, I'm comfortable. Like I'm quite <laughs> used to being at home. So you were, were you a pharmacist? Were you working as a pharmacist? Yeah, I was working as a pharmacist okay. and as a manager, so a pharmacy manager. Oh, mashallah, right. So you were doing well. You had kids. Yeah, you're at home. You thought this yeah, is. Yeah, nice. I, I was actually one of those people that like I wanted to climb the career ladder as well. I was Ooh, like, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna be this pharmacy, and then I'm gonna be like this regional manager and this manager, and you know, keep climbing up. Like that was. So I've always been kind of like a high achiever, if you like. Mm. Um, which is also probably why when I stopped working, it probably hit me so hard as well. Like, oh my god, I don't have this of me that I've been doing for so long um so yeah alhamdulillah now obviously like I, I do a few things so um I got into online and online marketing and that kind of things but that actually led me to like doing a lot of self-development stuff so mm-hmm. just having that career transition and life transition and working through the issues I was facing about not feeling good enough and you know and all of this stuff um obviously led me to like started looking into holistic stuff um and also like when I had like my eldest we had a lot of problems during pregnancy Mm. um like I lost my waters around 15 weeks so um obviously when at the doctors and stuff they were just like well if you go to waters go naturally you go into labor so yeah yeah yeah. expect yourself to go into labor at some point there's very little hope for you know anything to before you know baby to come out alive and that but somehow subhanallah she stayed in there until 34 weeks and then she was born and she was born healthy That's amazing subhanallah. yeah she had like they were like expecting like well if there's no fluid if you've got no amniotic fluid and waters then it's she can't the baby can't swallow the fluid and then it's not going to mature her organs and stuff so expect like you know breathing issues and all of this other all these weird complications and you know like yes it scares you like no no man's problem yeah but alhamdulillah like 
she is completely healthy. Like, as soon as she was born, they put on a ventilator just in case. But she was off it, like, that same day because she didn't need it. And she was so healthy, alhamdulillah. She did have, like, a physical, like, hip dislocation problem, mm. which she still suffers with today. But it doesn't hinder her in any way. And her development and everything is on point. So, alhamdulillah, like, like that was, like, a big thing into, I think... um holistic healing because okay. obviously when doctors give me no hope it's like right okay like what do I need to do mm. and one of the main thing was well I could either give into this like um thing that doctors has told me and that oh my god you know your baby's the gonna die yeah, yeah 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 and I can just stress myself out and what have you or I can just be like you know what alhamdulillah for whatever alhamdulillah if baby comes alhamdulillah if baby presents alhamdulillah everything's okay and no matter what happens, you know, and, and that is actually, I think it's a really powerful part of our dean that sometimes we really like think about is the fact that because, you know, whatever happens, Allah's plan, we're happy with it and we accept it. And so I think just doing that was kind of like a relief. Like it was like, I was able to just be at peace. I was like, I was okay. Like, cause you know, I wasn't like expecting or playing. I was like, oh, well, like, you know, you decide what's best is fine. I think that's so, so important what you've just said. Cause when I when I had my youngest, you know, the one that was born um on Eve Day, so she was she was four weeks premature, but I think about halfway through about the five or six month mark, the same thing happened to me. And they said, Oh, quite a bit of water's come out. And I remember that night I said to her, Well, it is what it is, obviously it's not up to you a lot. And she says, Oh, as she said what you've just said, you've you're a sensible mom if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do. It's that feeling of hopelessness, isn't it? For that moment when they say, well, there's nothing we can do. And you think, oh, we're in the 21st century. You've got all this modern medicine. Surely there's, you know, you would think there's something they can do for you. I think the most they said was they can give, they said, oh, we can give you tablets or medicine to make you feel comfortable when it happens. Just call us when it happens. Just ring the buzzer when it happens. And that night, I remember I just spent doing dua all night thinking, you know, Allah, this is in you. If, if if she's got life, you're the one who's going to give it to her. If this is it, then it's you that's going to take it. Yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right about that, though, about having that faith. Yeah. But I think it's also like the physiological effects of that. So um, obviously, like the, like when you give into peace and you're, you're in that state of acceptance and gratitude, alhamdulillah, for anything, like your hormones and your bodies are like adapted mm-hmm. to that as well. So like there's actually like a good, positive, happy environment like that your body's in and mm-hmm. the baby feels that. But if you then kind of give into the opposite of, oh my God, what am I going to do? And always being worried and stuff. Those hormones and stuff and the state and the, you know, the the stress that your body is in, that it it is like, it's like a, such a bad and harmful environment for the baby. Like it's already fighting, um, you know, and it's, it's so I don't know. I, I feel like that was like my first journey into kind of the self development type of thing like actually like Mm -hmm. just having that state of gratitude and that state of positive was like um such a big way in having such a rare baby you know um be alive do you know what I mean absolutely Um, (laughs) so that was alhamdulillah that was like my first uh first step in this and obviously I started to understand like 
how to kind of affect my environment and how can I like make it even better and when you first when you have kids like you're now responsible now isn't it so before Mm. if it was just yourself you just like pass off on anything as just yeah it's all right what have you but now that you have kids you start you you know now that you have a responsibility to this child and so now you lot start looking into things a bit deeper so what am I feeding them you know um what you know what brand nappy am I going to get for example what if I'm going to get milk what am I going to get all of these things you actually start reading into like what's good for them what's not good for them and like you actually start realizing that so many things that we expose ourselves to end up being like so harmful but we don't actually realize it Mm -hmm. um and that goes from everything from like um the things we eat so like we don't even we just eat without really (laughs) looking or reading into yeah we don't some people do obviously sometimes you do but no you're right it's because of the li- also because of the busy lifestyle you live isn't it you just get yeah whatever and start eating it yeah so there's that and then but it's also like I think I'm particularly like very interested in the emotional side of things mm-hmm. um and I feel like it's exactly what you said because we live in such a like a busy lifestyle we don't actually sit down to you know how it's like let children be children we don't mm. actually let ourselves just be adults or just be like ourselves That's we don't true. we don't give ourselves time for anything you know we're just so busy like uh you know going to work watching the kids cooking cleaning etc like and like by the time it comes to night time we're just literally like shattered all the time and so like our bodies are like feeling all of this like and it's we don't give ourselves that ability to actually just rest and you know have that peace and you know what like subhanallah our, our, our dean is so amazing that we have an opportunity to do it five times a day like when um, we pray in the mass right it's obviously like we, it's kind of like separating yourself out from the world from mm-hmm. any thoughts that you have and you just between you and Allah and you get a chance to just be um and it's a form of meditation it's a form of dhikr you know it's a form of like connecting to Allah and there's so much like peace and stuff that you like that we should be getting from it which we don't really because like even when you're paying the mass we're thinking oh yeah I forgot to do this and I forgot to do that you mm-hmm. know but there's so much opportunity there for us to actually just be and it just helps your body to reset as well yeah um but yeah so I don't remember the question you asked. <laughs> I was but just thinking <laughs> what you, so you started with pharmacy, then you you sort of started gravitating towards um, holistic health. And holistic health. Yeah. So, what do you do now on a sort of sort of looking at it from um, your lifestyle perspective? Obviously, you have your children, and you're doing online. You're doing a few things online, aren't you, Halima? Tell us about that. So, I know one part of it is holistic health. Is that like the main thing you're doing now? Yeah, so I do um, a lot of digital marketing. So I do that for like coaches and therapists and people that are helping people generally to kind of live better lives and have more quality in their lives and things like that. Um, But at the same time, I'm also like um, doing my own practice work as like a coach um, and also like a kind of an emotional and well-being consultant. So the idea is the fact of like, um, and I want to kind of work with a lot of people with chronic conditions. So a lot of autoimmune conditions and those kind of things. But because a lot of the time I find that these people have so many like underlying issues 
or they have lots of like experiences and stuff that they've been through and they, they've not had closure and things like that. And there's so many factors that's affecting and actually like aggravating their health. And I, I feel like, I don't know, in autoimmune conditions, like it, the body's natural fitra is that it's, it, it's kind of, it does everything to promote living, right? So if you fall down and hurt yourself, you'll get like a cut and it'll start like, it'll start like stitching itself up or, you know, it'll get bruised up and things like that. But if you, if you get ill or catch a cold, your nose will start getting snotty and you'll start coughing it all up and stuff. So everything is kind of like to get the bad stuff out and to regain kind of life, to revive life, right? It's just the way that our body works. So I feel like if the body is doing something opposite and autoimmune conditions are when the body is actually attacking its own self. Mm. So there's something fundamentally has happened inside of your body uh, or inside of your life which has resulted in your body has got to a point where it can't hack anymore and now it's attacking its own self does that make sense yeah yeah that's so interesting so it's trying so for me it's kind of working with these people that have all of these symptoms that even when they go to doctors and stuff yeah sometimes you can manage that pain and they can manage the issues but it's still it's not going away yes um and so these are the kind of people that I I, I'm working with I'm sure like my uncle at the moment he's he's got motor neurons disease okay. and it's when um your muscles start breaking down and your um motor neurons well the neurons and stuff start going so he's losing a lot of muscle mass and um we've been doing religiously sessions like almost every week mm-hmm. and alhamdulillah like I've seen so much improvement in him um like before we started the sessions he was in like hospital for like um for like like pancreatitis like massive inflammation going on where he couldn't even like move like he was in agony um and he was in there I think like in hospital like twice over like two months or so because it was this constant and since I've started working together it's kind of like trying to kind of find out well what's causing it because it's not it's not coming from it's not coming from it has to come from somewhere it doesn't Mm. come from anywhere when your body is screaming out in pain like that it's it's trying to tell you and signal you like there's a please sort this out there's something happening here and I need your help um so we've we actually be able to we actually identify a lot of like underlying issues that he was going through at the time that happening um and actually working through them and you know like and he still has those issues now but now he's at a different place like he doesn't come from a place of I'm stressed out I need to get this done etc etc it's from a place of you know alhamdulillah I'm gonna do what I whatever I can but I'm happy with the outcome whatever it might be um and he's not fascinating yes he's not had flare-ups since since we started Mm. it's been like a good few like three or four months now he's not had any flare-ups at all He's not been in the hospital not once. And alhamdulillah, he's like, you know, I feel great. And That's feel so, so amazing. Do you feel like there's loads of people, not, f- I, I don't want to say reject, obviously, but are th- looking for something like this now, Halim, in this day and age where, especially in COVID, where you couldn't even get to the doctors in the first place. I, I think people, people are looking for relief. Yeah. But they don't know where to find that. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea that this other form of like you know like healing and you know getting better and stuff like that exists 
like we're so used to like being doctors instead of being the mainstream and you know they play a massive part in you know helping people get better and I'll never discredit that in a way in any way because they play an integral part in our society but at the same time is we have to understand that it's not just um physical like it's physical mental emotional spiritual even like if you um if, if you were possessed by a jinn and you went to the doctors like they just like section you off you know what I mean no I've so seen then, I've seen cases like that I know exactly what you mean yeah so there's definitely obviously an area of things in our normal healthcare system that actually doesn't incorporate everything and so there are things outside of that um I think I even think. normal thing like our family had COVID um alhamdulillah we all recovered but my husband got it really bad but not bad to the extent that he was hospitalized but his emotional mental health just oh my days I've never seen him like he's he's really really happy cheery person everybody who knows him says he's known for his smile um and he's like now that you're describing this I can totally relate because it's like it mentally worked himself up because of the media hype that he needed to be hospitalized and when the paramedic came to this I was in this room actually that you're looking at now on your screen Halima and he was over there the paramedic came and he had his bag packed my husband he just he emerged as I said what do you think you're doing and he basically he had a cough they weren't giving him anything for the cough he'd not slept for three days because of that he gets this flaring cough every single year they've never been able to give him anything to help it just goes away on its own and he's had all sorts done to to sort it but it's never worked but I said can well, you not well, give it well that thought we're going to like talk about this later because like I'm one of them that has had a cough my entire life that hasn't gone away okay. <laughs> I'm in contact you again after after this <laughs> anyway he had this cough obviously it was having a knock-on effect he was getting delirious probably because of the covid also because of the cough also because of the lack of sleep he wasn't letting me sleep because he was talking to himself all night this went on for three nights and when the paramedic came he was like just take me and he said no way he said why would you want to go you don't want to go mate and you're not that bad you know I've, I've checked you out and he said to me we need to get him to start breathing properly because he said he's either going to not get in unconscious or we can just wait a min- few minutes and let him get unconscious because he's hyperventilating now anyway. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to sort this out myself. And I told him off. I said, you know what? Alhamdulillah, you're at home. You're okay. You've got us. You've got me and the children. We're waiting hand and foot on you. You are going to be okay. And I, I, feel, I hope, I hope that I put some sense into him because he did change and then start to recover and I do feel really you have to be in a strong place mentally because I was just trying to talk positive to him I started showing videos of when he was fine and we had good times and I was joking around even though you might think it's inappropriate to joke with someone but you know anything to lift his mood and get him out of this sort of almost depressive state that he'd worked himself into and I thought and even he said to me why are they not giving anything for the cough and even that was so bizarre these same medicines they weren't giving you to prevent you from going into hospital were the ones they were then giving you when you were in hospital, one of his doctor friends told us. And I thought, this is just, this doesn't even make sense. So I did do a lot of what you're saying, like, you know, talk, talk, talk to him, try and get him out of that state. They did eventually give him something just to stop the cough because they said to me, he's not sleeping and that's having a massive mental impact mm-hmm. on him. He needs his sleep. But aside from the sleep part, just the emotional part yourself worked up and into that state of mind because I think the media were awful then weren't they the way that I feel anyway the way that they were yeah. scared to thinking everyone's gonna die there's gonna be and then I'm not 
for one minute saying people obviously people did die um a lot you know love mercy on them not to, i'm not saying that it didn't happen i'm saying the way we were hyped up to believe that if you stepped out your front door and god yeah. forbid you got this virus that's it there's no way out you're just gonna yeah. be dead yeah it was it was like hyped up like more there's an element obviously of like uh sharing concern and sharing awareness and all of that stuff but it was in a sense so like everyone and i think this is probably why there's so much of um like the way that people's attitudes and behaviors are now is kind of like you know people are blaming each other and there, there's so much like toxic like in terms of like mm-hmm. with the different opinions that are around and stuff as opposed to like having comp- compassion for each other because we yeah. all know like we've all we're all human beings yeah and you know whether or not we've had covid or not we probably would have known someone that has yeah. had it or has you know uh died of it maybe as well so like i think you know it, it has created this kind of like toxic culture um through it but yeah but yeah right um, so if anybody <laughs> i feel like we talked about so many different things Savannah, which is great i really enjoyed i talking. think we should do more of these you know just just talk about random stuff i think <laughs> <laughs> that was really good and uh, I've got to get back to homeschooling in a minute however if there are our listeners are listening to you Halima and think they need you I know I'm going to contact you afterwards how do they get in touch with you for are you still doing your marketing services or is it more, more for your holistic what first of all um what are you available for and second of all how do people get in touch with you yeah um, I do still offer marketing services. However, I'm not taking anyone else on right now because I am focusing fully on the holistic side of things. So um, especially if you are someone that has been feeling symptoms um, where you've been to the doctor so many times and it just doesn't go, um, or you're kind of the kind of person that you have chronic conditions and you want to try something different. Um, I just want you to come with an open mind or just come and ask me some open questions and I'm happy to talk to you and things because it's it's hard to get your head around at first. So I just want you to at least to start opening doors and start understanding your body better um, so you can make better choices for it. But yeah, to contact me, I will leave like an email or um, a number or a form of contact with um, with yourself, with Aisha. So you can just go ahead and just reach me directly and just just pop me a message and um, I can get back to you. Fantastic. Jazakum Allahu Khairan, um, Sister Halima Hajad, for taking time out of your day. I know you've got a really busy schedule as well and for joining me for this week's podcast. It's been really fun and really insightful. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we'll do another one soon. Inshallah. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.